Today is October 29th, 2021. This is episode 171 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. With your hosts, Vladis and Schichter. And welcome everybody to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Aflatus Misery, aka Peter. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Shinternal Damnation, aka Quentin. Hey, friend, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Pretty it's Friday. Uh, it is Friday. Also, Chili, thank you for the subscription for forty-five months. So. Thank you, Chili. Uh, forty-five month hype—that's a long time. That's a lot of time. Uh, so three, welcome. three more months and that's four years. Uh, yeah. So, uh, welcome to our Halloween, uh, episode. Uh, as you can see, there's a Halloween facelift here. Uh, things are, are, are purple and green. These are, <laughs> is Peter the Hamburglar? No, I'm, uh, I'm one of the many mysteries, uh, mysterious people among, uh, if anything, I kind of, I am wearing a mask. So if anything. Really? Assian. <laughs> so. I was going to go with masked wrestler. Uh, well, or that. Uh, we can go that route as well. Mas- masked wrestler or Assian. And it, it kind of looks like one of the early like black mage masks. So maybe a thaumaturge. I don't know. The Assian Dionysus? <clears throat> yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I thought he just dyed his blue mage mask jet black. No. Uh, well, yeah, I bought soot black dye off the market board and dyed my blue mage mask black. Uh, the hurt. Yeah. Uh, so what have, we been, what have we been up to this week? I, I Susan and I watched the Muppets Haunted Mansion movie on Disney Plus, and it was great. Good? Yeah, I think, I think if you have Disney Plus and you need something to do that's like, spoopy light i might that's a great it's like an hour it's it's worth your time doesn't overstay it's welcome uh i've been catching up on a list of movies that i've been told to watch so i'm slowly getting there it's a nice like if you have like you're chilling on the couch with like a dessert or a beer or something and you just want something to watch that's different than uh something else so uh or you can watch or dessert, yeah. Watch Hocus Pocus afterwards, you know. Have a nice and a beer, night. or and that, yeah. I also have a beer. We're okay. both we're both drinking pumpkin beer. Also, I would like to point out that I have never seen Hocus Pocus. Chili's like Buffy Don't. the Vampire Slayer, which which Buffy the Vampire the movie is or, it or the the TV series? I mean, Buffy is pretty spooky. You could watch Buffy; that's a good show. Buffy's a great show. the TV show. That's a great show. That's a good. That's on Netflix or it used to be. I watched uh, Hocus Pocus last year, Peter. I had never seen it. It's a great movie. I think this year we'll watch uh, we'll watch Psycho. Susan's never seen Psycho, the old half Alfred Hitchcock movie. I don't know. It's really I know good. of it. It's so good. I've seen it's, the set quite a lot. It's so so good. So good. It is 
phenomenal. It is still to this day rated highly as like top 100 movies. It's it it set the bar for what a horror movie can be, mm-hmm. and and its effects are still seen to this day through like many of uh, many of uh, uh, directors that saw that movie and were like inspired to become directors. Uh, I I uh, I completed Little Nightmares and oh. Qu- oh okay. No, I was just gonna say I also haven't seen Rocky Horror. Uh, That's Jelly. also great. <laughs> I know. I've heard. I know some of the songs, but yeah, that's a uh, another one I haven't seen. I wonder if Disney Plus I edited said, that movie because they could have easily edited. Probably. It. Oh no, that's don't. Watch I mean, that I mean, it's Disney. Disney's not going to show that movie in all of its glory. I think that that movie's best for all of its glory. Like if they cut it then you're you're missing out. There's some great scenes in that movie. Uh my my guilt I haven't been watching it during holiday season, but this year I did go through and uh <laughs> my my guilty watch that I've been going through is Halloween Town. <laughs> all right. Good old, the, good old like direct TV <laughs> movies from Disney in the early 2000s. A lot of people I actually my coworkers were Nostalgia. talking about Halloween Town today, so what are you gonna do? What Disney has an eighteen plus section there? That's weird. Yeah, maybe you know, not you know, don't do a VPN wink, like uh, and <laughs> it wasn't me. Uh, so I finished Little Nightmares. This we did it. We did it mm-hmm. uh, last night. That was good. It was good. It was a great game. Solid game. Ten out of ten. We'll play again uh, in the sequel. <laughs> Oh, sequel, yeah. So we'll play the sequel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And there, there is DLC, maybe, uh, maybe a little Nightmare Before Christmas. We don't know. Uh, there was a uh, another game that was uh, brought into play called uh, Inscription, mm-hmm. uh, which is a card oh. game, but not. There's something else. Card going game on. plus plus. Yeah. So and uh, was. With moral support from my friend Lindsay, uh, I got to rank twenty-five in Zadnor. I, I, I did it. I, I have, I am at the cusp of doing the Dalriada and finishing the story. And, and I, I'm going to go on a limb that uh, Zadnor is worth your time if you are playing it for the story. Don't if you don't grind the weapon, play for the story. It is worth your time. It's so good. It is so good. <laughs> like what, probably one of the best pieces of content. And I'm saying this. Like side content, like it's it's up there with like great pieces of side content. Like Eureka is just like very less story driven. Where I think Zadnor, I think is it's very forgiving in the grind to for the metal, and the story's really good. So it keeps you intrigued and keep you wanting to keep going. And the plus the fights are fun. So like the <laughs> the the skirmishes, like the are the war skirmishes are really fun. So mm-hmm. so. Yeah, Eureka has a story, but it's 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 long and it's not as involved. Uh, Amala Hawk says, "My wife is doing all the Halloween Town movies. I'm doing Child's Play for my horror movie and playing Fallout 76 to celebrate a bit. Nice. Uh, so, let's get into the news. Let's 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 get into the news. Uh, updates to the prohibited activities in Final Fantasy 14 and account penalty policy were released this week. Uh, I." I tweeted this out, uh, and I, I had so many clicks on it that Twitter sent me an email saying, congratulations, you got hella clicks. So I was like, thanks. <laughs> um, that Final Fantasy updated their terms and policies about their uh, 
or party finder listings and what you can and can't do inside those party finder listings. And one of them is they 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 put their foot down. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, realistically, nothing has changed. It's no. the exact same policy as before. They're just being a little bit more, uh, they're giving some more examples and, like, just making it a little bit more explicit about what you can't do. They, they made the what you terms can do. Of, they made the terms of service airtight, essentially. Like, really, what they're doing is just putting their, this is what you can and can't do, and, and this, is, this is what we changed. So it's updated. Read through it. If you've been doing any of that stuff, you kind of suck. <laughs> to be honest, if you've been selling runs, uh, you can't sell runs no more. Also, uh, mm-hmm. I, there was another update. There was a slight little update that Foscon had a had a write up, and uh, it, it and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Ruby uh, from uh, Gather Together podcast. He tweeted out, and I think the best way to explain it is that uh, he had to go out and kind of write a a warning label for like don't drink the bleach sort of situation, <laughs> like. Like we all know not to drink bleach, but you still have those special people that sh- probably should read the warning label. Uh, Don't eat know. the Tide Pods, no matter how good it's, they look. Uh, it, it was really one of those. It's like, you know, like is people really up in arms about like, oh, what if I want to give my uh, advice to somebody? And like they had a legitimately right. You can give advice to somebody if somebody doesn't agree with your advice. Drop it. That's it. It's like they had to write that out. So, this is, this is where we're at, man. <laughs> this is, uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, to quote Susan, uh, our, our lovely producer, it's just a dumb game. Have fun. Just, just, just have fun. Don't, you know, don't be a jerk. Uh, there's a couple of new Final Fantasy XIV podcasts uh, on the block. Teaser episodes for a podcast reborn starring Ro. Uh, I interviewed him here live on the show. Is out. Uh, I uh, I'm patiently waiting for a few episodes, and uh, soon uh, I, I believe I believe uh, believe post and Walker. Uh, you, you you may hear somebody's pipes, probably mine. Uh, and uh, guests on our next episode, Warriors of Lust, are now available. So if you have not listened, go listen. You should go check it out. It's it's good stuff. Uh, in Team Whiskers news, our pal Chili is a guest on the latest episode of Mione's YouTube chat show, Tea Time with Mione. So uh, it is a YouTube podcast, and you can go listen to uh, Mione and Chili have a little chat. Uh, last but not least, uh, possibly beating some sort of Final Fantasy XIV speed record, uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, creator of, the, uh, creator of Final Fantasy, has beaten uh, Final Fantasy XIV 5.0. He's he's done it. He he started relatively not that long ago and has been playing nonstop. Uh, I, I'm amazed. Like he was he, at first, he was like, "Oh, I don't know," I, you know, because like they had uh, they had did the Tokyo Game Show and they were talking about the importance of RPG or role playing games. Mm-hmm. And and Sakaguchi was like, oh, I'll, you know, like I think if she said, you know, oh, I'll, or Sakaguchi said, I'll, I'll give your game a try. Like he didn't feel like he could create like a storyline or a side quest in the game without having played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next thing you know, people were like, oh, he's playing it. Like somebody just saw him in game on the on the JP server. And then next thing people were like, oh, he's at Heaven's Ward. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's at Stormblood. And all of a sudden he's like finishing five point like nonstop. He's going to be ready for Endwalker. But I mean, realistically, if you are pushing through it, you could get this the entire game probably done in a week. Oh, for sure. 
and two he weeks not, for sure. But he is not stopped, and he's loving it. Like he's loving mm-hmm. it. Like his uh, to quote uh, on his Twitter translated saying like it's the first time that he's like as soon as he heard uh, he didn't want to go to spoilers but he's like uh and the quote was like you know it's twitter translation but you know it's to bring the darkness or bring the you know he's like that's the first time i've ever seen anything like that i was like (gasps) like like, this is the godfather of all the games like and it's it's Mm -hmm. so great to see it's so cool to see i'm so like i'm excited to see his journey uh so and uh and last but not least our final fantasy 14 free company dominated umbra uh, if you didn't know, I, I, I lead a free company on on Aether Gilgamesh. Uh, come join us; we're nice. Uh, Dominant Umber is hosting a costume contest tomorrow, and there will be prizes. And if you're on Aether Data Center, uh, you're welcome to participate. It's Saturday, October 30th at seven seven p.m. Pacific, ten p.m. Eastern. Uh, myself and Susan will be judging the panel along with our friends Chili and Emmy, who you might know. Uh, uh, and there's more details on MailstormRadio.com/slash Umber Discord. So there you go. If you want to join, just uh, you'll become a friend of Umbra, and then uh, if you want to dress and have fun, have fun. So, all that aside, uh, last week we talked about the media tour job changes. This week we're going to try to jump in and talk a little bit about some of the uh, mm-hmm. interviews. And, and you know, she did about thirty-two hours worth of interviews across the There's board. A lot of there, interviews. There are a lot, and I don't think we're going to get to all of all of them. Everybody asked really great questions. If we admit somebody, it's not that we don't like them or their content. It's just, there's a lot of great questions. And I think we're just going to try to focus in on some of the really, really, really good questions. So, um, so with that, uh, do you, do you want to first, uh, talk about 20 reviews and four fan sites? Uh huh. (laughs) Uh huh. There was a lot. That's, I mean, I, I've, again, I've, I've played other MMOs and and listened and talked about other MMO companies, uh, both uh, with friends and in form of content creation, uh, and and be re- and have been referred to as an influencer by uh, a president of a certain company that no longer exists. Uh, and I have to say, Yoshi P giving thirty two hours of his time to do all these interviews is phenomenal. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like I like. Uh, props to him like he really wanted to make sure that he took his time out of his busy schedule to really sit down with everybody and got personal Mm -hmm. with them like you know you know asked about you know hey i watch your stream you make me laugh i like your con like and had like personal information about like hey you know the team really likes what you do here and like you know we all got together when you did this and watched it together like amazing just truly amazing uh and, and Chili said it was smart that a lot of interviews were done in pairs, so we got 20 minutes each in a 40-minute window. That's it, it's great. That's awesome. Also, shout out to Chili because, uh, you know, again, Chili, Chili got my question Questions. answered. Yeah, he got my question answered. Uh, speaking of Chili, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about Chili uh, and his Endwalker media tour experience. Um, Chili says, it was a shock to be able to interview Shudu. It was funny due to how late in the interview was uh, my time zone. The PR team asked if I didn't want to do it in case I had to go to sleep. So I had to tell them it was fine. I will stay up for a bit. Uh, yeah. We, uh, Chili doesn't sleep, so we know <laughs> Chili's a robot. No. Uh, but getting the chance to ask questions in an unfiltered manner was an experience that I really enjoyed. Plus, wearing my poop hat at the community that helped me get to FanFest in 2018 was there in spirit, too. 
I would have loved more time to ask other questions, but I'm happy with the ones I asked, and I hope folks enjoyed the interview. Also, yes, Flattis owes me a bacon. <laughs> uh, and with that, I, the very first thing I want to talk about is a question that Chili asked on my behalf. He had asked it to Yoshi P way back in, when did we get the phone app? Uh, end of Heaven's Award, beginning of Stormblood, somewhere around there? That seems right. I want to say that. Oh, we got it earlier. Maybe, maybe, maybe mid Heaven's Ward. Chili had asked a question. Either way, Chili yeah. had asked a question to, to Yoshi P for me way back then about building a calendar that connected to the phone app in game. And mm -hmm. Yoshi P was kind of, he wasn't, it wasn't a negative response. It was more like, hey, we're building this app that's going to do just that. And the app didn't do what. It, what it connected to the game. It, 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 it connected to the you game. Can chat. And you could chat. But it didn't create a calendar. And you have a calendar, I think, even. Wasn't you have there a, a calendar? There is a calendar, sort of. It, yeah. Like, you can set up events, uh, but the phone app is kind of me. And, and it really doesn't, it doesn't, like... Yeah. So, Chili went on my behalf and asked a question again. And it was, uh, hey, uh, it would be great if we had an in-game calendar that connected to the phone app. He, we reversed kind of, well, he, he asked the same question. I think it was word for word verbatim. This time, Yoshi's answer is like, huh. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'll bring it up to the so this time. So if we get a the calendar, if we get a calendar in game that you can schedule your raid events or your your RP events or whatever and invite people, just know, just know that Chili, Chili <laughs> bugged this man twice on my behalf. And if you see Chili, you may all and this and if you use this and it's helpful to you, you also owe Chili a baconator. Chili would get all the baconators in the world, not just mine. So everybody owes Chili a Baconator. So Chili says woo Baconators. So sounds about right. Yeah. So yes, Chili. When we when you get back to the states, I will get you a Baconator. That that is a thing. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into uh, some of the interviews. Uh, I want to hit on the two interviews I think that were really big. They were two of the more longer interviews. Uh, that Yoshi P did, and the first one was with Jesse Cox and it, me, JP. Uh, Jesse Cox is a YouTuber and streamer. Me, JP is mostly a streamer. Jesse Cox last year during the pandemic fell into kind of a depression, and uh, he picked up Final Fantasy XIV again. He had tried it way back uh, years ago. I remember listening to the uh, co-optional uh, co podcast that he used to be on and calling the game kind of trash and wasn't for him because he was still playing world of warcraft then and he, this is like he needed something to tr take his mind off the world at the time of the pandemic so he started playing final fantasy mm -hmm. 14 and like most people i i believe when they uh kind of give something a second chance or give it a fair shot or like just you know just let go of their hangups on on like old mmos he fell in love with it and and has been a champion since, and he's a delightful person. Uh, and Susan, uh, you know, I, Susan would love to have him on our show, and and give him a like. You and Flatus are the same person, essentially. <laughs> so, uh, so he has some great. Uh, him and JP asked some great questions. Uh, one of the ones I wanted to touch on is: um, Would it benefit players to play through the previous story in order to understand the plot points in the upcoming story? So not 6.0, but 6.1 going forward. And Yoshi P did say that um, he would love for everybody to play through what they have there now because he believes that it's a great piece of content and it'll always be there. 
but he understands that it's a lot and he won't always expect people to want to go back and play that sort of content. Especially like if all they want to do is raid or something like that. So not necessarily, but he hopes to tell new stories that he's interested in creating and telling the stories that he really wants to truly touch on and the next 10 years of what those stories look like are he's really excited for. So that he doesn't want to like always go back and dip into the pool of what we've been doing now. This truly is an ending yeah. <laughs> and it truly is an ending. Uh, and he's really proud, uh, proud of that and, and all the work his team is doing right now. And of course, please look forward to it. He can't really tell us. So we have to look forward to it. So, um, and another great question they uh, asked, he said, uh, what was the dev team's reaction to the game's recent boom in popularity? And have you watched any of the Twitch streamers? And the clear, the answer is yes. Like, uh, like I said earlier, uh, yeah, he, the team really loves watching uh, people stream. They, he even said, yeah, I've been watching your stream. He said uh, he actually picked out a moment when Jesse was finishing uh, um, Shadowbringers, and it was the moment where we uh, have our final confrontation with... Um, I final uh, boss? Yeah, I'm trying, I, I don't want to spoil it because I know there's still people playing through it. Uh, yeah, so we'll just say uh, the, the final, final boss, boss. Of, a final boss of 5.0. That's, that's how we'll say it. All right. Uh, and Jesse started crying openly on, on stream. Like as soon as the, the, the cutscene had ended. Who didn't? And, uh, Yoshi said like, it made me cry. Like watching you cry made me cry. And, uh, and it, it truly shows how much like Yoshi P and the team really care about their community and they're willing to watch all streamers and doing, he may be watching this right now. Hi, probably not, but, or hi. <laughs> uh, and, and it's great. Like, I love, I love seeing that. I like, I like hearing that sort of thing. It, it wasn't such so much of the questions of, you know, content wise or, or jobs stuff wise. I do like hearing that stuff. And the other two that asked some really great questions that weren't necessarily final fantasy focused questions, but more, picking the mind of a developer who who saved an MMO uh, was Asmongold and Rich Campbell. And um, again, a lot, and I, I implore you, go watch these uh, for, for all their entirety. They're a great piece of content. They're, they're, you'll, you'll love the answers Yoshi P gives. Uh, Ami, uh, she did great translating all of it a lot on the fly and keeping the humor and everything in place. Truly, truly wonderful, like, interviews, all of them. Um, so, um, Rich had asked, uh, the, about the communication between devs and players and Yoshi P hit on something I think is, is really important to me. And I think it's also important to Quentin, um, because we've both in the past dealt with, um, developers of games series, uh, like EverQuest next and stuff like that. We've, we've both talked to a lot of the devs. Uh, you know, met met them in person or talked them online. Uh, Rift, Rift, yeah. Uh, and um, so for for Yoshi P, he he went back and talked about when he used to play UO or Ultima Online, and talked about how the devs didn't really listen to the community, and he and he couldn't understand as a player how that relationship wasn't symbiotic. Right, like we both want this to be good and have fun in this world that we're, that you're creating. Um, so why wouldn't you listen to us? And they, and the, he said that you owe, owe and this, this is what really stuck to me as a, as a MMO player. 
uh, he remembered the dev saying, you don't really know, like, what you want. Like, we're built, this is our world. We'll, we'll you know, we, we decide what is right for this game. Um, and that struck a chord with me with about Blizzard and how they used to treat a lot of things. Like, you don't know what you like. You don't know what you want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said... You like what we tell you to. And, and Yoshi told himself, like, if I ever get a chance to make an MMO, I would never do that. And I have to say, like, I mean, have we ever heard of him going like, no, you don't know what you want. Like, we, like, I, he, like he's joked about like the community being split on things a lot and saying like one group wants this and one group, that's different. And, and Mm -hmm. like them kind of making the call that helps both groups out. That's a different thing versus, um, you know, him going in and saying, no, 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 no. (laughs) We choose what you like and that you get what you get, what you get. I don't know. For me, that puts like it just increases the amount of trust I think I have in their team and what they're doing. Like, I, I, I I'm excited for N Walker. Like, I'm really excited for N Walker. Like, and just hearing like Yoshi P talk about like, uh, again, I'm I'm not gonna give any spoilers, and and Yoshi P didn't give any spoilers, but like he's he when he's talking about like, like he's got there's some great memes that came off these interviews. I don't know if you saw any of the pictures of like Yoshi P's like like snickering like he 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 face, like no he because he knows. I don't it's think I've seen happen. any of them actually. Oh, they're great because they asked him. I'm surprised because like, like I have my Twitter everywhere and those usually go around. Oh, there's uh, there's a question uh, Jesse Cox asked about um, uh, like the content going forward, and he's like, oh, there's there's gonna be. Oh no, it's me JP, and he's nothing, like, "You're nothing you're, at all." Yeah, he's like, "You don't even know yet what's in store." He's like, "You don't even know." He's like, "Wait, wait till you get the level eighty three. I'm like, "Level eighty <laughs> three? Like, not even <laughs> like he's already like, wait till you get the level eighty <laughs> three. I mean, like, to be fair, we started off Shadowbringers with that quest. Oh, I remember that quest. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, so I know because you can literally say that quest to anyone, and everyone knows exactly which mm-hmm. quest you're talking about. Uh, Taliesin Evitel. Taliesin, uh, mm-hmm. just had a new, uh, like, had to go put his baby to sleep. And his, he was right, right there at that, right before that quest hit. And his whole stream was like, no, 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 just keep going. Like, five more minutes, five more minutes. You got it. Five more minutes, five more minutes. And you can, you can go, you can go. And he watched that whole scene and he's like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with this game for a day. I gotta go, <laughs> I gotta go, like, spend time with my child and wash my yeah. mind of this. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I, I, so. A lot of people that I've told that I've watched play Shadowbringers, and everyone, no matter who you're talking about, just says, wait till you get to that quest. And everyone knows exactly what that quest is. It's yeah. great. Yeah. But with uh, that, like, I am really curious to see, especially now with Yoshida being on Final Fantasy 16 as well, like, and building the story for that, bringing how that goes, like, what does like an original story in his mind kind of mean? Like, it's I am keeping my head in the sand with Ed Walker sauce. I I am trying to go in as blind as possible, and like I don't know most of the class changes. I did read up on a little bit on like the White Mage Sage, etc. We talked last week, um, but I haven't watched any of the interviews. I haven't looked at the site really, aside from what we've seen in the live letters. I want to go in blind on this. Yeah, I know I, it's a really fun experience for me. And not that but, yeah, I, can... I have. 
was going to say, and not Go that ahead. we can't have a conversation tonight. Like uh, I, I did yeah. purposely pick a lot of questions that didn't involve like class changes and specifics, by the way, like, but still <laughs> really good questions in those. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I am curious to see like how Yoshida proceeds with the story after 6.0, uh, especially with Final Fantasy 16 coming out that he's also directing on, I believe, or producing. And to see like what sort of similarities or even crossovers or things like that, because um, I think it would be really interesting to see that sort of evolution as well, or if he chooses not to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a really, really good um, potential for crossover, right? Like he's got full creative control over both these games. You're closing up and wrapping up one. You're preparing to launch the second in the next few years, presumably. Like that. there's yeah, it'd be really interesting to see if you could like somehow do that crossover between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, and no, I have not just seen any of the zones. I have not seen the flyovers. I have not gone through anything Endwalker aside from the live letters. And the did you do the did you run the uh, the uh, benchmark? Oh, the benchmarking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. the benchmark. All right. All right. So. Uh, Joey says Final Fantasy 16 should be summer 2022, so it lines up nicely with like a like mid tier patch for the end of Endwalker. Yeah, that's, that would be it. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, one more thing from Asmongold. Uh, talking about difficulty content for light parties or solo players, and he brought up uh, like Mythic Plus dungeons in World of Warcraft to, to Yoshi, Yoshi P, who's which is familiar with that content. And it's, he said it's something that um, they're thinking about doing, uh, but they want to know, they're trying to figure out how to implement it best. Like, what's the best way to implement that content so that it feels good to the players? Um, so, and he, he, of course, he, you know, couldn't give much more information than that, uh, but it is something that they are thinking about uh, because they understand that, you know, some people want to have a challenge uh, that is just solo outside of like, Palace of the Dead or Deep Dungeon. Um, mm-hmm. That's for one player and he, or up to four. So I get it. Like, you know, like you want to make sure that you're kind of giving content for players across the board. And, you know, their dungeons, their hard mode dungeons aren't necessarily hard modes. They're more sequels of story to dungeons. So um, I, I, I don't think they'll do mythics. I will tell you this right now. I don't think they're going to be, no one's going to be pushing keys in, in Final Fantasy <laughs> Uh, I could see them closer doing to like four people, four person trials, maybe. But I, I like taking like the four, like the version of early, like the early game of Realm Reborn trials, and like, but really cranking up the difficulty on them, and maybe doing that. But I don't know about like a mm-hmm. mythic dungeon or anything like that. I don't know. What do you think? Like mythic dungeons? Yes, no. No, I don't think so either. I, I could see them potentially adding some sort of like a, a, an extra hard dungeon, but I, honestly, after we have our, our hard modes, I don't foresee it yeah. going any further right now. Uh, they have to. They they have other systems that they're looking at that could potentially be interesting. So, yeah, that's where I think they'd go first. Yeah, I, 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 Yoshi P never wants to uh, go backwards. He always wants to go forward, so I would sooner yeah. consider them making new content than and and then maybe trying to like retrofit old content into that new content than going back and just trying to crank up difficulty. Um. Yeah. So, I'll Larry, have a bitey cat. 
Well, Larry's were asked about um, an engine rework. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, and, and also, Bitey Cat is... That's been asked for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, and so... Uh, so, Larry's were mentioned the... Uh, uh, what was the right terminology? Is like tech, technical deficit, I believe? Or technical debt. That uh, a Realm Reborn, or I'm sorry, 1.0 has, and and Yoshi P said there really isn't any at this point. Um, but there is going forward, uh, like they are already considering like new technology, uh, new uh, reworks of like the graphical engines because they're they're trying to make sure that this game stays in the in you know good for the players for the next ten years. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, I mean, do do you? I mean, do you foresee like a graphical update in in ten years? I mean, eventually, I'm assuming they'll they'll drop support for the PlayStation Four at some point. So, they will. I I don't see it necessarily. I think it would be pretty adventurous of them to try to do like a full engine rehaul. I could see them trying to go for like a, an HD mode. Kind of thing, like just like a retexturing of a lot of things, um, but I feel like they'd have to have a lot. Like they'd have to have a really good reason to go and like replace the engine and everything kind of behind it. Yeah, I mean the engine behind it. As is, much as it would be really good. Yeah, because the engine behind it is not super great. <laughs> it's not the best. Um, it's not the worst, but it's really it wasn't meant for what it does. So yeah. So. Um. HD texture wouldn't be the worst. I mean, like I know there's a lot of there's a lot of like limitation for a lot of things uh, in the game, uh, and like some graphical settings that are not even available to us because of the engine. Um, So it would be interesting to see. I know a lot of people use uh, G Shade to to make Mm -hmm. the game pretty. Uh, So you know. uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them to to retexture uh, all the things to to kind of liven up the game. And maybe not. The, definitely not this expansion. Maybe maybe two expansions from now. One or two expansions from now. I can see them doing it. Mm-hmm. So, like roughly, let's have a, a no expansion this year. We're redoing the entire thing. Oh uh, well, I've heard that before. Then a dragon let loose and destroyed the world. <laughs> You can't pull that chestnut more than once. <laughs> Midgard Summer came back. He <laughs> was not happy with what was not happy with the state of Mikute. Nope. <laughs> Midgard Summer saw Catboy and was just like, oh, we gotta restart this. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. But that cat, no, I don't have that. But that no 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 no. <laughs> Boy. Uh so, uh, Mr. Uh, I, I, brought, I pulled this one especially for me, this one specifically, but I'm not a high ping player just because, uh, Mr. Happy brought it up, uh, and talked about high ping players and, and some of the, um, you know, spells that are still tough to hit, uh, in 10 second windows, uh, blood weapon for dark Knights. Uh, I'm not a high ping player. I have great internet. I'm very lucky to have great internet. Uh, Chili is though. That's true. Chili is. <laughs> and 
We don't know how high ping will affect Chile in the Sage job. I don't think it will. I'm pretty sure they developed some of the newer classes to to limit the high ping situation. Uh, Susan says, great internet, not great hot water. Please, let's not get started uh-huh. on that. Jeez. Oh, uh, so I, I'm I say all with great for- power comes great responsibility, but you also didn't have that today. So. No. Uh, so I, I, I agree. I think anything that gets my blood weapon to like be a charge or a longer cooldown, I think if they had it at 15 seconds, it loosens it up just, just a hair. And I think that'll really help the high ping players. It's really charge or not. Like I, I could, I could give or take the charge, but if they, if they gave a little bit of leeway on the, on that and some, there's some other, um, spells that specifically fall into that. Um, for players, so I get it. Uh, but Yoshi P went on to say, like, he understands, and they're always trying to look into helping players play the game without any limitations or or hurting them. So it is on their radar. They're just it's not necessarily something they can tackle at this time because they made a lot of changes to a lot of classes. So uh, just a few, just yeah, just a few. So it's always a. Can it, he says that it may not be changed now, but it doesn't mean that it won't be changed before the end of the expansion. Like they can always go in and make those changes if if they feel that the players are suffering in some sort of way. So, which is great. Um, Sly Sly did uh, Sly asked a fun question, and I want to get your opinion on this because uh, uh-huh. I actually played this game before and I think it's great. So Sly asked about adding smaller mini games like, uh, like Mahjong to the Gold Saucer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during their conversation, because they didn't want to give up too much information, but Yoshi P kind of kind of let it slip. Kind <laughs> kind of said, have you ever heard of a game called Koi Koi? <laughs> I have heard of a game called Koi Koi. Have you heard of a game called Koi Koi Quentin? F not. No. It's a very old card game in Japan. Very, very old. And it's very pretty. They're the, the art design on the cards are gorgeous. Like, even if you just wanted to own a Koi deck just for the art, it's worth it. But it's mm-hmm. a game, and Yoshi P went on to say, like, it's a very fun game. Very popular in Japan. Also, our I think our Korean audience would really like Koi Koi. Kept saying it over and over again, and, and, and Sly was like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. <laughs> like, just doing the old, like, where I think we're gonna get koi koi. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you, what what mini game would you like to see in the Gold Saucer? Because uh, they tend to not do gambling, but they tend to try to put mini games in there, like mm-hmm. like mahjong. So, but although people gamble mahjong, would you like to see Plachinko? I would love to see Plachinko machines. Mm. No, like just sitting no, there. No, no, not so really. Yeah, dropping little. I don't think it's as as fun when it's just a digital screen like that. It's more um, fun when you're actually mm. dropping like metal yeah. marbles down the thing. <laughs> yeah, physically stuff in there. Yeah. That's uh, kind of a hard one because like a lot of the mini games I like, I don't think are like short stuff like that that you, you can kind of do in the Golden Saucer. It'd be a little bit longer, more involved. I mean, Mizong could take um, like an hour. Like, dude, I've been sending. Like, <laughs> true. Susan's like I can't like think of anything kind on the top of my head. Of like, like, yeah, like Monopoly. <laughs> like other other games that I've seen, like as implemented as like mini games that have been kind of fun. Uh, well, I mean, there's always the classic like gems type games. True, yeah. Those. 
Um, those go back years and decades. Um, as many games and games are just kind of fun to pass the time. On that note, actually, I think that that would be really cool for them to add is mini games you could play anywhere. Oh, so that while you're sitting and waiting for a queue, you can just waste Interesting. time. I didn't think about. Doesn't that. Doesn't even have to have a reward. Just have a game for killing time. So let's so like gems always was kind of like like the in game, like you know the little like games that you mini games you could play in the in in your in room, like kind of like those, but like yeah, a travel but, version of that. But anywhere, yeah. That's a great I, idea. You remember EQ One? EQ One had the gems game. Yeah, you could yep. play it anywhere. You got nothing for it. But uh, it was just there to pass time. Uh, World of Warcraft had Peggle. Like the, it was an add-on, yep. but it was fully support. It was fully. It was full Peggle. And like when you were doing flight pass, that take you like eight minutes. You played a couple rounds of Peggle, mm-hmm. or or gems. Uh, same thing. Like gems made it yep, over gems. as well. So, uh, hey, like. The games that I something that I would think would be really really cool, and I've played this in other games, is like um, power defense style okay. games. Yeah, but that gets a lot more complicated, especially when you're a system like that. Like that'd be more akin to like Rival Wings than yeah, uh, like the the Golden Saucer sort of they, stuff. So they, it's a little bit difficult. They could easily do Fort Condor easy because that was great in Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII Remake, and I would I want more Fort Condor. It's a better version of 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 uh, not Rival Wings, but uh, for Minion. I, the the two that I would like to see are not even related to uh, like Golden Saucer stuff. I think the interesting ones would be kind of a um, defend the castle style PvP mode. Okay, um, like the there was that that war front in WoW, mm-hmm. where you have the two castles and all the siege equipment and stuff, and you have to tag like, that sort of style PvP. I think would be really interesting, especially with the three factions. Yeah, um, and the other one that I, I think that a lot of people would absolutely love and also absolutely hate. It would be very very polarizing. Would be um, shoot, I'm blanking on the name now. Final Fantasy X, I think. Oh, Blitzball? Blitzball. Yeah, a lot of people would probably uh, be excited I, for that one. See, I was also thinking how they could implement Blitzball without being Blitzball, but, but still implement it. It would have to be like a PvP type thing. It would have to be PvP, or they could do a strategy game of Blitzball, where you like you place the players on a, on a, mm-hmm. gri- like a grid, like a Blitzball board, and mm-hmm. then like, like kind of like, essentially like, uh, what's it called? Um trying to think of the Warhammer football game, but that like, sort of like that, like, like every player's got like different stats and stuff like that. And like you, you can build up your team. Actually, that's a really great idea. Why am I not like, pitching this to them? That's the greatest way to get Blitzball in the game is to make it a strategy, like sport. Game. A hide and seek game would be kind of interesting or a tag type yeah. game. I I've also um, thought they could implement a version. I don't know if you've played Stratego, the board game where it's like two people. versus. No. Uh, Stratego would be fun because you could actually use a, like a lot of the Final Fantasy like monsters and stuff like that as like mm-hmm. different like you could have your 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 infantries and your your captains and stuff like that and just like you know and and assume as as soon as somebody gets to your flag that's it like it's that's the game's over and it's just a strategy game and you can easily play that like a board could pop up and you can just move your tiles around set them up and then you just each take your move and then each thing does something different like uh 
a uh, sabotender can do thousand needles and wipe out like three, you know, do damage to three things like that, like stuff like that. Like it easily isn't that like kind of like Verminion? No, because Verminion oh. is Verminion is a cross between like, and I hate to say it like this, but. It, see that would be more of a fun thing to do with minions, but I think everybody needs to go look at what Stratego is, and then and then go like come back to me and be like, oh, okay, this is what he's talking about. Because Stratego isn't like it's a board game. It is legitimately a board game where, where you have like pieces, and you and and like you're just trying to move one like things do. For minion is a basic version of a MOBA. That that thank you. But, that is that's exactly what it is. So Stratego. Mm-hmm. But you can only have one of each unit. Okay. And each of those units is one of your minions that you've collected. Okay. And you play it with your real live minions. Uh-huh. On your island sanctuary. Perfect. Let's go. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Boom. Well, I actually we think that uh, on that note, like Island Sanctuary could potentially bring a lot of options like this forward, right? Like mm-hmm. we have a bunch of solo games in our in-room. And we have stuff in Gold Saucer, but we don't like. There's not really a whole lot of other stuff out there. Island Sanctuary, because it's this like Animal Crossing style harvest, like cozy kind of home that you can have, not limited by their existing housing crisis. Uh, like Island Sanctuary, having all these different things could be a big boon to different events like that. Like not only RPing, but being able to actually do legitimate events. Like imagine if you could actually do like an RP duel in there. I would love that. That'd be great. Uh, to, and Chile in chat mini, says, bu- mini game building engine. Yeah. Uh, and Chile says in chat, and I was right, Island Sanctuary has breeding. I called it ages ago. Uh, I, I don't know if you listened to the, like, was it the last episode of, yeah, it was the last episode of Moogaround where Chile was talking about Final Fantasy VII and how he helped a Chocobo, I'm sorry, a Moogle breed. Uh, and because he was like, oh, the, yeah, you can breed a Moogle and everybody, and everybody, the the guests and everybody was like, what are you talking about? And uh, Chili doesn't know what breeding is. So Chili, you had it like help the Moogle, like, like woo a, woo a female Moogle. But that's not. <laughs> we, have to, we have to do that in Final Fantasy 14 already, except it's uh uh-huh. manta rays. But, but. And he fails all the time. Yeah, but. You know, same concept. They had kids, but Chili, you're. <laughs> Chili does breed chocobos as well. So, I mean. But that's not how. That in game. But, <laughs> the chocobo sent. The Moogle sentient. He's just trying to, like, he's just down on his luck. You're not. <laughs> you're not walking the. St- you're not walking the stud across the stables, bud. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're just being like. You're just his wingman. <laughs> <laughs> a Malaha courting chili. It's courting. <laughs> uh, that's that's exactly it, chili. You were helping him court, not breathe. <laughs> chili, very, very chili, different. <laughs> Chili's over there with two moogles. Now kiss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going back I, to the topic of minigames, I think they have a lot of opportunities with uh, Island Sanctuary, and I hope that they take advantage of that because I, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there, and it's another completely new avenue for exploration in 14. 
Well, Mioni uh, and Shempai had an interview with uh, with Yoshi P, of course, and Shempai brought up Island Sanctuary along with Zeppla. Uh and our friends over at uh, Gamerscape also brought up the Island Sanctuary. And I'll, and there's been so there's been tidbits from everybody, and uh, one of the mm-hmm. things uh, I think uh, even Gamerscape kind of cleared up is that yes, you will be able to place buildings. But no, uh, it's not housing. <laughs> like, like they—they are kind of housing in the decoration sense. No, no, but, but it it's is, housing in a community sense. In a community sense, yeah. So it's it's a place. They're really like focusing on a on a. And I I, I know Yoshi P is not trying to use like compare it to Animal Crossing because he doesn't want to like. Yeah, like, that's the, a high bar. Yeah, I was gonna say here's the bar they're trying to like coast like not. Like, like they're still, but they are putting work in it. He so they are putting a lot of work into what they want for it. So, mm-hmm. so, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, like, the, the fact that you can uh, breed, breed your. I'm assuming mounts. I don't know. Like, I, I hope that there's stuff that you can lock in there that's very laid back, like mounts and minions and stuff that mm-hmm. don't necessarily involve rating or stuff like that like something that's laid back and still kind of cool if you put the work into it so uh well that's right and i and uh there's lots we don't know about the moon yeah there is the moon there is the moon there's not made of cheese there is a secret about the moon we don't know yet so that's mm. that's a, that's also where he also made another like he <laughs> like face like a he Chili says they said nothing that involves Endgame will be involved with Island Sanctuary yet. Crystal Tower was not part of the MSQ for four expansions. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think they really want it to be three expansions. I really do think they want this to be like something that a Malahawk, the moon's haunted. Uh, they really want this to be that's something that's relaxing. Like they don't want to involve, you know, they really want it to be for players to go and relax and, and hang out and, and do just that, not worry about and you can still involve end game stuff with it right like like look at back to like everquest 2 we talked about this a, a number of months ago mm-hmm. where you could actually put your epic weapons or your raid trophies in your house right like you could get something from an end game and display it in your island sanctuary in theory or unlock something to show off in your island sanctuary right like a house or a building or a banner or something i'm with you i still think i should be able, be allowed to do that <laughs> so, oh, I agree. But so, I'm saying like they could still integrate the end game with Island Sanctuary in the future. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Especially with crafting. <laughs> uh, always crafting. Always. Always crafting. Always. Um not about the cookies. Always. Um uh Miztech, and I, I picked this one out because I think you would like it. So Miztech asked about the variance in deep healer DPS. Um and it's in the form of like, would you know, it, like healer DPS seems very simple. Do, do they plan on making the rotation more difficult, or do they plan on making healing more difficult so that way the healing that that way it kind of compensates for that the easy DPS rotations? Mm-hmm. And what do you think, Yoshi Fee said? Because I feel like we've heard this. Like almost every expansion, and I and I feel like the the answer is almost always the same. I, 
specifically around like making it easier? Specifically around rather making DPS more challenging for healers or making healing more challenging? Hmm. I think with the systems that they have in place today, making healing more challenging may be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically, again, we're worship between shield healers and pure healers. And in that sense, both of them have to be able to do what the others... Like, you, you, you can't be locked into, you have to have one of each class kind of thing for everything. It might be easier, but you have to still be able to do it with two of the same class. So they can't be like, you need to shield this. You need to heal through this, and it's only possible if you have massive amounts of heal output. So, like, the idea that they have so far of like making healing difficult tends to be massive amounts of damage or uh, like cure checks. Like, you need to assume off doom, for example. So, like, the strategies that they're using so far are not terribly helpful, and I think that there's, um, like, I think there's definitely potential for it, but there is almost like a limit. And I feel like if you're right now, the only avenue would be to make DPS a little bit more interesting for healers or give them abilities that they would have to rotate in with their healing. So like I think Sage is a good step towards here where your DPS actually plays into your heals. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of weave back and forth between the heals and the DPS in order to play your class and to, to heal properly on it. Um, we'll see how like White Mage and Scholar and Astrologian play after this, but um, I think that's a, a really good step, but I, I, healing by itself is is pretty straightforward unless it's like constant output. In which case, you're gonna have very stressed and overworked healers. Um, it, it's there's not always a whole lot to do, so you need something else in the downtime. And typically, what I would want to do in that sort of downtime is more support role type stuff. So like astrologian can buff people. That's a really good mechanic, I think. And there's other things that you can do that are more of that supportive role. But uh, in general, Final Fantasy doesn't tend to have any of that support type playstyle, or their support is very passive. Um, so in that sense, like unless we got something like that, which would require a lot of changes, I think, to the systems, I don't see that happening with the Final Fantasy. No, I mean they they do a good job of implementing support between all the classes for the groups, but not in a pure support role situation. Like dancer is probably one of the closer ones to it, but even then, it's still not a pure support role. So yeah, no. But it's I hard. mean, like, you could have like dancer, and they can throw off like shield samba and help prevent a little bit of the damage, but almost never would I say that throwing off that shield samba is going to make or break. An encounter. It might save a little bit and you might be able to just clutch it, but the amount of times that that little bit of extra shielding is going to make enough of a difference probably isn't going to make it useful. Like they could make that a little bit stronger. So, yeah, it's like it is a good shield here, but really it's just more to help to reduce the amount of work that the healers end up having to do. Yeah. Um, So, it's not really supportive in that sense. Um, And it it does, it it makes you feel helpful and it's, it's very much appreciated because. That's less heals that a healer has to do, which means they can do more damage, and it can help with the rotations, and they can help with mana problems and stuff like it. It is useful. I'm not saying that Shield Samba or, or similar aren't useful. It's just that they don't. They're they're not like make or break support roles. Like for example, a really really good and strong support I feel is Red Mages having a res. Like that is a really helpful for support because if 
they're of level and healers can't get to it, the red mage can help turn the tide of battle by instantly resing a bunch of people. That's a strong support role. This is the thought of a dancer trying to rest somebody and they're just shaking their hips. Get up! Come on! Woo! Let's do it! Shake, shake, shake. Cha-cha real smooth. <laughs> uh, like, another one, like, to go on the same vein, like, dancer does have very strong support as well in terms of dance partner. So it's less of a party support and more of a single target DPS support, but that's a pretty strong support in that you can significantly affect the overall output of the party because you're in an emphasize and strength in a single DPS. Um, that is is a very strong support role as well. Like that's something that is good um, and helpful. But as far as like support is in general, I don't find that this game has a lot. Um, for example, things that support tends to be able to do, sometimes they might have things to help with pulls or to reduce aggro. Um, shoot, what is that ability? Shirk is another good support role one. Um, or what's the one that Ninja has or Monk has that, that throws the aggro at you? Oh, I, don't, I forget. Like, like, there's all sorts of things like that that we have like little bits and pieces, but I I'd, I'd still would never call it a true support. Um, Tilly says like, yeah, all okay. jobs have some support in our Reaper, even shields and DPS support. Like I, I wouldn't even necessarily call it support. Like for for me, it's support if it's going to make or break encounters. You want to give me an example right? like, of like if you can come in clutch. Class? <laughs> Like a, I, like a I can go with the illusionist, the go bard, ahead, yeah, the, go, like go, go, all of those are, the, are like my my loving. I love those classes. Go with the illusionist because so like, I remember you played that a lot. So. I played both of them. I main bard for most of my early raiding career. Mm-hmm. All of my, almost all of it. Um, so like it, it, support classes in there. Like for example, the illusionist was the master of, of again. They were a mage class, so they would have things that allowed you to mesmerize, root, stun. Those were their strong things. They allowed you to stop enemies to prevent them from attacking so that you can focus on other things. And basically, crowd control is what they were called. They can go and change the tide of battle based on what they locked down. So say you accidentally grabbed a bunch of stuff that you didn't want to, they could stop all of it and let you focus on what you wanted to until you couldn't. They had a lot of helpful regenerative abilities, so... Uh, all of your your mages, your spellcasters could get buffs from them. All of your uh, healers and in, in mages, all your uh, casting classes could get uh, increased mana regen from them. Um, but as a like as a pure DPS, they were not useful. They they didn't tend to do large amounts of DPS relative to other classes. Um, they were squishy as hell. They get hit once and they would die. Like they were glass cannons. Um, but it, it was a really interesting class to play because it was that support role. And a lot of people wouldn't necessarily find that as interesting because it's not like they can go out and do um, like big AoE damage or all the like tank or anything like that. Um, but it allowed for a, a different play style and it really, really made it interesting on how you could do these different encounters um, with them. And like Bard is the other example. That is the class that I would love to play again. It is still by far my favorite, um, and it is probably the epitome of master of all or jack of all trades, master of none. You could do a little bit of everything as a bard. So, uh, for example, I mained a bard when I raided for a number of years, 
And they were like the ultimate support class because they could buff the party's damage. They could go through and resurrect people. Uh, if they died, they could help give people um, power back if they needed to. They could do a little bit of everything. I had a little bit of that crowd control, a little bit of the the healing stuff. Um, one of the things that I could do as a bard was I couldn't really heal well, but I could supercharge a healer and make them be like superhero healer for a while. Um, plus I got like little fun little things as well. I was able to levitate, run fast, typical bard things. Um, and like, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, I was able to make all the DPS cry because I did more damage than all of them. But that's completely independent of the class. <laughs> um, but it, it was really fun because it was a challenge to play because those types of classes are very situational. You go in, you... Uh, have to read the situation and adjust to it. If some other creatures, like if you're fighting a boss and 18 things come from the side, you have to suddenly switch like, oh shoot, we need to pay attention to that, lock that down. Or, you know, here, group three is having a real time, hard time healing, boost up their healer so that that group can kind of recover. Or shoot, the healer's down in group four, bring them back up. Like it, it was a very situational switching back and forth all the time so you didn't have uh it, it wasn't like you hit your rotation all the time and you were done you had to swap out of that and there's of course a dps rotation and whatnot i still could muscle memory half of it when i after not playing for five years um but it, it's all those other little things all those little pieces in between that final fantasy doesn't have wow doesn't have uh, most MMOs no longer have. You can't play the careless whisper saxophone soloed and bring somebody back to life. So true. Only Niki. To be fair, <laughs> uh, what was I? Don't even remember what my weapon was. I played a dirge in EverQuest too as my wasn't main for the longest time. Oh, the dirge's weapon wasn't it a. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Didn't they have a, like a? It wasn't as cool. The it? Troubadour had a really really cool one. Was it like a fencing? Because the troubadour or? epic weapon was an axe. That's pretty cool. With glowy guitar strings. It was both types of axe. Yeah. Chili, Chili says, that's great. Chili says, I mean, Bard used to have healer LB3 when the free game first came out. That's true. So true. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give you a big... Oh, there's new ones. <laughs> No, I don't care about the new ones. I want the old ones. <laughs> I don't care I'm going to get you a picture of this because... Yeah. I, uh, so uh, while you do that, I'm going to... Uh, so where do you want to finish on? Do you want to finish on... Uh, do you want to finish on game design? MMO game design? Sure. Okay. So Rich uh, from Asmund Golden Rich's thing uh, asked about MMO game design in general and like why they kind of like what was their thought process behind you know saving the game and and choosing the things they chose they, they chose and yoshi p said that you know it was learning from the mistakes that they had made which mm -hmm. we knew and going through and knowing that the players wanted to make the game better and he he felt like he still owes to this day to the players that played 1.0 and all the new players to still create a 
a great game. So it's and it's not limiting the game to be one thing uh, mm-hmm. or or a set of core things. He wants the game to be something for everybody, like an MMO should feel. And that <laughs> Susan says it acts with guitar strings. Could it be played as an instrument? Yeah, no, there, right. there is no instruments in the game. Why not? <laughs> uh, it didn't have them back then. I'm, I'm also remembering what. Uh... So, so to me, um, as somebody who's played a lot of MMOs, uh, it's it's sort of refreshing to hear because I think too often MMOs are given up on by companies, and I will I can point out at EA, for example, that's not terribly the, profitable. No, they're not. Uh, they're they're big risks for companies. And and during the time of the, and, and Quentin can back me up on this. During the time of the WoW Killer uh, series of MMOs, uh, there was a lot of MMOs that I think were just generated to try to try to copy WoW success. And as most of the time, they just tried to copy WoW. Uh, mm-hmm. Some games used that to. Uh, a disadvantage or an advantage. Some used it in their marketing scheme. I will point at Rift because they used their early, uh, early, early uh, marketing was like you're not in Azeroth anymore. But I think Blizzard has since a cease and desist for using the term Azeroth <laughs> in their marketing. Um, yes, I remember that. Yeah, that was interesting. So uh, I also found the Dirge one. Oh, it, nice. it, it, it's it's just a. Uh, it's not quite as cool. It's a sword that has a couple lines down, it possibly like a violin almost, but it's, yeah, it's not as cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. Um, and he talked about it. Talk, about that. Talked about how happy he is with where the game is going, and he and he still instills in his uh, his team members to to constantly try new MMOs and see what they're doing. He, and this is at the same point where he said he was excited to try New World and see what they had going on, and he's excited to try Ashes of Creation when it comes out and. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was refreshing to hear like just Yoshi P talk as a player of MMOs versus the developer of one because he's like excited for all these other MMOs and and he kind of agreed that uh, they also mentioned about Why the wouldn't Ren- you be yeah and and he said it, they also mentioned about the renaissance of MMOs during this time over here at, at this point and he said yeah he believes that like MMOs are kind of making a comeback and it may not be the kind of comeback that people thought it's going to be maybe. Smaller MMO teams making more niche MMOs, but still mm-hmm. are going to make maybe bigger impacts than they did back in the the, the old days, where it was more. The like, problem always is cost. It's always MMOs cost. are a lot more expensive now than they were back twenty years ago. Yeah. So and it's a lot harder to get to a point where people are interested in wanting to play them. I I agree. I think I think like Ashes of Creation, they're still pushing along and they're. You know their their team is very. They've been working with the community. I have to say, like they have been listening mm-hmm. to the community and they've they've taken a lot of feedback. I know people weren't happy with the the design of the dwarves and they updated it based on on the community feedback. And um, uh, you know they they're they're constantly updating the graphics and updating the the combat animations. I mean, it's still early on, but they're they're t- they're constantly listening to what their community is giving you know feedback on. Same with mm-hmm. uh, pa- uh, Pantheon, which is still far out from being anywhere near a thing. But you know, they still listen to their their early you know 
people that have given him money and to to be have access to what little of the game there is now. And I I think the the MMO genre is is making a comeback, and and, and I'm glad to see uh, Final Fantasy 14 kind of like showing that MMOs can be good again. Like I and I and I say that as somebody who's played WoW for years. Like normally people would be like, oh WoW's the the be all end all. I think I think I think times have changed Ooh. a lot. <laughs> I I, I yeah. the the fact that. Like EverQuest, regardless of what you think of Daybreak Games and all that, EverQuest is still on its twenty eighth. It's now on its twenty eighth uh, expansion this year. Yeah, somehow. and that ga- and that game still exists, and they still and it's still a game that is out there. And I and I and a game a, that's only twenty three years old. Like that's that's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. And it's I say only twenty three year olds. That twenty three years old is really old for an MMO. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the longest running. UO still is still at going. Is UO still going? Wow. UO is still is still active. I don't know if they're still getting new content, but it's still active, and mm. that's great. And I think that's I, I think I mean you and I never like we've always agreed that I, I, we don't never, we never want to see an MMO die because once it's gone, it's gone forever. It's not like a a game that could be <clears throat> necessarily easily emulated or or brought back, right? Like there there are ways to get old games. Once an MMO is done, it is done. And the fact that like Final Fantasy Eleven is still around, EverQuest One is still around, EverQuest Two is still going. A lot of people forget that that's a thing. Uh, and EverQuest EQ ninety nine is still popular. Like it's it's you can go on Twitch now, and there's still people that are diehard EQ fans. And there's people like I'm talking about hundreds of people watch people stream EverQuest One, hundreds, possibly more Project ninety nine, but <laughs> but that too, yeah. But because they want to see those old school raids or something that they, they used to play themselves and they may not have time to, but they like going back and, and sitting in somebody's community and watching it. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's cool. And it's like cool to see those people st- like hyped about like Pantheon because, you know, m- you know, you know, rest in peace, Brad McQuaid, but Brad McQuaid, you know, father of EverQuest and, and bringing that game to life, wanted to mm-hmm. kind of bring a, a game like that again to life. So. Uh, it, it's it's fun, and I, I'm excited to see what Yoshi P learns from all these other MMOs when they come out, and what he can take from it. Um, because it's again, he's he, he's just as excited as a as a, a video game player. What do you call himself? Uh, when he when Jesse Coxman said, uh, "We're just a couple of old old video game players." <laughs> That's what he said. We're just a bunch of old men that play video games. That's what he said. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so. I think that's kind of that's kind of it. I I are at the point now where we're just excited for Endwalker, and and I left out all the spoiler spoiler stuff because I am respecting what uh you know you you keeping your head in the sand for all the things. I didn't want to talk about too much of anything that was so close. And and Chili's is not long now. I I know I am both counting down the days for one because I have a week off uh work uh. And I a well deserved week off work. I, I think both my co host and 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 Susan would agree that uh, I I've earned that week off. Uh, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two, I get to spend time with all my friends. Like regardless of if it's in person or not, I get to just hang out with my friends for a few days and play a game and and gush about it. So um, and eat turkey. That's kind of a way. It's kind of a and stuffing. Yeah, and a pie and That's pie a, and in pie. <laughs> We're all going to be eating pie. Uh, yeah. so I'm excited. 
uh, what with that? Um, I, I got, I got nothing else. I got, I got nothing else. You got anything? Business? No, I'm all out. Oh, I can do the business. Would you like me to do the business? Uh, yeah, if you'd like to do the business. All right. Maybe just maybe just do the business. Maybe just do the business. Uh, All right. Uh, So didn't she get rid of this? I thought I got. We we came back from the void. We died. I did. I know. (laughs) It's the first thing I did when we got back. Is that? Uh huh. We uh-huh. were in the void for so long. We had flush phone. That was easy to get rid of. <laughs> no. No, we didn't. We not. No. Nobody liked flush no, phone. No. No, we did not. But ghost oh. phone, I got rid of it. I threw it away. I like threw it off a bridge yeah. in a bag. Like a, I wrapped it up in a bag around, surrounded with duct tape. And I threw it. There's many a bridge in Indiana. I you know, Estinian tried that with the eye too. <laughs> Can we ignore that? I, I just that's, hang it up. No, that's not how it works. It, it's <laughs> See, Chili, didn't you learn from Final Fantasy not, 14 and Bridges? It's not how Ghost Phone works. Ghost Phone just keeps ringing and ringing. Can we send it to the 13th and just leave it there? And ringing. <laughs> Bother would eat it. Wait, the void? Wait, <laughs> that's the first. Never mind. Bother. If we send it to the first, Bother would just eat it and grow wings. <laughs> no, you send it to the 13th. Then Cerberus would eat it, and then he would throw it up, and then he'd eat it, and then he'd throw it up. And oh no! Yeah. Which wait, no, the first head would eat it, and the barf, it, the second head would like barf it out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> would not be drinking when you're talking about that. Oh, just answer the thing. Answer it. Hang it up. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hello. <sighs> Hello. Is this that fine piece of Ellison Boutte, Uriange? It's me, your girl, Moonbrita. I know I may be dead, but these cheeks can clap the soul out your body. Um. Sorry, what? No, but sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up. Wait, this isn't tall, dark, and well-spoken? Damn, I knew I should have had him write down his link pearl number. Talking about some one-eth, three-eth. The seven hells these face he is with his book-learned ass. You boys do sound cute, though. Are either of you well-spoken and book-learned? Nope. We're podcasters. Is that like a black page? Or is it a new form of fishing, like with pod-shaped nets? Uh, no. Oh. We talk about our passions and stuff. We know what we're talking about, and our listeners take it as fact and recycle it as their own opinions. You <laughs> don't... I have no opinion, but this is no, this, nah. I kind of sound like old Charlene propaganda. Enough about you. How are you all talking to me? And, and why is it that I'm not talking to Mr. Lanky for some audio hanky panky? I wish I knew, but since you're here, can we ask you a few questions? Yeah. Um. Boy, it might be. I, sorry, would you, would you? Okay. Anyways, uh, how's Pop Limo doing? 
Ghost phone's messing up. Hello? Uh, Limo's a little lanky there. I, I think yeah, I'm talking, talking about the little shit. Uh, why is no, that no. not talking to Mr. Lanky? Hold on. What is going on with Ghost Phone? Ghost Phone. No, I, not, not lanky. You were talking about potato. Uh, uh, how's Papa Limo? Just how's Papa Limo? That boy turned himself into a ball. Oh, okay. You know what it looks like now? A deflated ball with a monocle. Imagine a honeydew melon, but about two weeks too old, and draw a little face on it and give it a monocle. Boom. Popolino. So a potato. Uh, but, uh... So why did you want to talk to Uriange? Yeah. The dresses he wears aren't the only long thing about him, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, boy. I... I like his neck? Yes. Like his neck. Wink! <laughs> that. And well, I just missed that daft old coop. Please stop. If anybody's going to know how to make spirit business time happen, it's going to be that muscularly toned bookworm. Uh, why, why don't we put a... a, a that, that's too much for uh, this, this show. Please, please nah, stop. Nah, let me tell you about this one time. No, no, I think we're losing you. I think you're losing you. And his ankles were behind his back. Nope, bye. No, no, bye. Go, bye. 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 Holy moly! <laughs> Sweet mercy. Well then, uh, that was that was a thing. Sure was and a thing. I have a bitey kitty. No. Well, let me uh, let me do the business. No more phones. Uh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, as I, uh, uh, we should probably end the show so I can throw the yeah, uh, phone yeah. into a lockbox and bury it in the backyard and never look at for it again. Uh, I suggest. Destroying it completely. I don't think. Yeah, that's as Susan a said, maybe maybe she could uh, talk to the warriors of lust. <laughs> uh, oh. oh boy. Anyways, Welp. you can find us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get through the business. Uh huh. I'm sh- <sighs> safe. So is Mabrita. <laughs> no. Anyways, uh, so. You can find us on twitch.tv slash, like, sorry, I keep doing the old business. We do a lot of these business, thank you, Chili, for the bits. Uh, we do a lot of this business in the credits. I head. Moonbreed got me out of uh, We're all flustered. Whack. <laughs> flustered is not the word, but anyways. <laughs> this upcoming Monday, November 1st, Peter will be back with another Final Fantasy fourteen stream. Mm. Probably Zadnor. Uh yeah, we're probably Dalriata or, okay. or more weapon. So. Something weapony. Yeah. Uh, next week we are going to be playing. Uh, or sorry, next week again on Thursday, November fourth, we have our regular stream. We don't have a game announced yet. We may hop back in Terraria. We might try Inscription, or we might do something else. Uh, pay attention to our Twitter. You'll find out and see. Uh, again, next week will be Friday, November fifth. This is a very important day. We're going to actually be starting the podcast thirty minutes earlier than normal at five thirty Pacific, eight thirty p.m. Eastern, or one thirty a.m. British Summertime. We are going to be chatting with the aforementioned special guest, the host of the new Final Fantasy fourteen podcast, titled as the gayest, thirstiest show in Eorzea, The Warriors of Lust. Uh, go check them out. They did just release their first episode, and I've been told it's a trip. 
Uh, the reason we're starting half an hour earlier that night is because Friday, November 5th from 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern or 2, sorry, 3 a.m. British Summertime. Oh, British Summertime will be over, so it will be slightly earlier for them. Uh, I'll get the specifics on that later. Uh, however, we will be co-streaming the live letter from producer Part 67 with our friends Chili and Paul from Moogle Go Around Radio. Check them out. Uh, however... Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to stream the entire six hours. If it goes long again, we will kind of play it by ear, but we should at least get the first interesting parts from the beginning going. Yeah. Um, on that note as well, the following day on Saturday, November 6th, we've got an action-packed week ahead of us. Saturday, November 6th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we are going to again be teaming up with Paul and Shelley from Mugugo Round Radio to compete with the second charity dungeon rally for extra life with xiv light party and friends uh so come out for that it should be a blast it's going to be a relatively long run from what i've witnessed so far um you can again donate to extra life for this and there will be uh different rewards for uh whether if you donate to us for our time um our hashtag susan is asking is hashtag petty for the kids yep uh and that is the maelstrom radio hashtag because yeah we donated money to win yeah Anyways, last thing before we wrap up the show, uh, we are currently in a progression, or in a, a, not a competition, but in a challenge, that's the word, challenge. Uh, If we reach 777 follows on our Twitch channel by the end of this year, December 31st, uh, Peter has agreed, and we have it in writing, to do a stream in a Snorlax Kigurumi. Now we are currently sitting at 558 followers on our Twitter, sorry, on our Twitch. Uh, So we are... 219 away, I believe, from this. Yep. So uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your grandparents. I'm sure they would love to hear us. Uh, maybe not the Moonbrita piece. Maybe leave that out for right now. But uh, tell them, get us a follow. Come check us out. Uh, if you have any suggestions for things you'd like us to see, for us to stream, for us to talk about, uh, drop them ahead in our Discord uh, or on Twitter or our email. All of that will be in the... Uh, the, the rest of the business, the post-business. Um, I think Grandma would like to know about Moonbrita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, also, if you haven't been paying attention to our Twitter feed, go check out Maelstrom Radio on Twitter. Uh, we have been posting, and by we, I mean Susan has been posting... Uh, the Final Fantasy XIV jobs as frogs. Uh, so we are just about to wrap up. Uh, we are nearing the end right now. I believe the last one's going to go out on Sunday to coincide with Halloween. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We have lots and lots of frogs to share. Yeah. And with that, I will hand it back to you. Uh, well, you know, as always, it's the time where we say goodbye. And uh, you know how we do here. We go fast. That's exactly. Till see you swallows all. Keep listening. Maelstrom Radio is brought to you by maelstromradio.com and Blackfire Media. Produced by Flattis Shintier and Susan Sprinkle. Join us live Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash maelstromradio. Send email to show at maelstromradio.com, tweet us at maelstrom underscore radio, or join our Discord at maelstromradio.com slash Discord. 
Views and opinions expressed by our hosts and guests do not reflect the views and opinions of any companies discussed on today's show. 